This is Weirdly Enough, your regular podcast for strange stories and amazing facts. Delivered straight to your favorite podcast directory and at weirdlyenough.com. Now, here are your hosts, Andy and Len. Hello, we're back again for another thrilling installment of uh, Weirdly Enough with myself, Andy Kane. And me, Leonard Johnson. Hello, good to see you. How's, uh, how's life been treating you this week? Not too badly, yeah. Um, 2020 is a very strange year. Um, I remember once seeing a thing on YouTube, um, and the guy was giving a talk. It was yeah. about all matters conspiratorial. Mm. But he said that uh, 2020, the theme of the, the talk was 2020, 2020 version. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. And he says, oh, a lot of things are going to be revealed. Right. In 2020, <laughs> a lot of things, you know, you, you say things in a different way. And yeah. he was talking about aliens. Right, okay. But I think really, on a different level, everybody's saying stuff slightly differently. differently, you know? Yeah, life life has definitely changed over the last while. Uh, yeah. I saw a meme uh, up on, uh, on Facebook the other day that said, uh, I'm not going to buy a 2021 calendar until I see the trailer. Yes. Yeah. See if it's any good or not. Yes. <laughs> Don't buy the calendar just yet. Talking of which, are cinemas open? I think they are, yeah, certainly. But presumably they're all socially distanced and you, you maybe can't get those big tubs of popcorn and stuff. And There's a new film uh, a new film called Tenant is out now uh, in the cinemas. It's um, it's an action thriller type thing. So that's, that's the first thing that's been kind of released uh, since... Since lockdown uh, and all that, it's uh, yeah, it's showing up in um, uh, the uh, the cinema there in, in Dundonald and Newton Arts uh, Strand uh, Arts Centre. This thing's obviously working out our location, but which, which kind of gives the game away a bit as to where the podcast is recorded. But there you are. Yeah, yeah we, d- we don't really want the men in black coming from us. No, no, certainly not. Although uh, I'm sure they wouldn't care too much. Well, what's this uh, this episode of Weirdly Enough all about then? We're going deeper underground. Oh no! Everybody loves There's Jamiroquai. Too much panic Not. in this town. What you don't like Jamiroquai? Oh, I do, but you have to say you don't like them. No way! I want to bring back the nineties, <laughs> yeah. including JK. Anyway, um, yeah, we're not actually going to do a show about like nineties R and B. Okay, right. Or whatever he did. Acid jazz. Acid jazz. That was the label it's, that he was on anyway. It's yeah. not actually a show about that. Okay. We're looking at secret bases. Secret, uh, what, military bases or other things well, too? Well, generally military, but, you know, um, all kinds of secret bases. Um, now, it's something that sort of has fascinated me for a while and it sort of ties in the topics of, of this show. Um, Area 51... Um, is one example. Um, Area 51. Yeah. Um, now, interestingly enough, nobody actually calls it Area 51. It's normally called the Ranch yeah. um, and formerly the National Classified Test Facility. But it, um, it's not where they discovered the Roswell uh, alien, is it? Well, it's a different that's, place. That's, yeah, apparently it, it is a different thing. Is it um, close by? Let's see. It is quite close. Mm-hmm. Um now, most American aircraft that were classified before they became publicly known uh, have been tested and developed there. So it, it is, even if sort of a whole Roswell thing isn't true, there is a lot of like genuinely you know, secret kind of research that, yeah, would, that uh-huh. would go on in there, you know. Um, but what I find more interesting, to be honest, is a place you probably won't have heard of called the Dulce Base or the Dulce Base. Um, now it's um, five kilometers north of the city of Dulce in New Mexico. Right. 
Um, and what it is, is there's a guy called Phil Schneider. Yeah. Now, he gave a series of talks in the 1990s, before his very mysterious death. Okay. Where um, he was talking about, he was like a contractor, and he was um, put in there to kind of help kind of dig kind of underground facilities yeah. and, uh-huh. and, and whatnot. Um, but in his story, he talked about how he, unco- whenever him and his crew were out working in dull space, they actually uncovered aliens. Okay, right. And it turned out that in Phil Snyder's story, the aliens actually were based in there. Yeah. And they were mm-hmm. working with the US military and, you know, at the base is all on different levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all underground there. All underground, yeah. And the, the deepest level was what they called Nightmare Hall. Ah. Which was a bit scary because that's where they were keeping, you know, like people down there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And doing sort of, kind of horrible experiments and it was a bit like the island of Dr. Moreau because they were they were allegedly splicing the genes together. Ah. Uh, alien of, and human hybrids then yeah, were being so, produced. So yeah, but I mean obviously it's something we'll, we'll probably go back to in a future podcast because it's a very long story. But did that place ever actually exist then? Well according to Phil Schneider it did. Yeah. Um now it was a bit of a, a weird one. Now, before his death, Phil Schneider alleged there's more than 1,400 of these underground bases all over the world, uh, and they each cost about $17 billion to, to build. Right. Not, uh, not cheap then. Not cheap. And the 192 bases inside the US are also said to be interconnected. Uh-huh. Um, and he says that at one point there was a war broke out between humans and the aliens in the base. Right. Uh-huh. Um and How big was the base then? Was it huge? Massive? Huge, like miles and miles and miles and miles. Um, he gave detailed testimony about his work building the seven-level base, which extended two miles underneath the ground uh, and contained space for tens of thousands of human and alien prisoners. Right. Um, he told of the Dulles firefight, telling of how his men found an enclave of greys who fought back, <laughs> leading to the slaughter of 66 Delta Force operators and secret servant I- agents. Yeah. He said that he personally killed two greys, the grey aliens, before being shot by a cobalt weapon All right. that uh, unfortunately gave him cancer. Um, and what is that for? Cobalt then? or hmm. Is that even a thing? I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anybody who yeah. has any scientific um, knowledge can really <laughs> get on to us about that. Now, his story evolved over time. It started off with a very sort of basic story about what happened, but it became this whole kind of like mythos over yeah. time. Uh-huh. And he talked of uh, underground caves that apparently were occupied for centuries by these aliens. Uh, the caves had been taken over by the Rand Corporation uh, for use by the New World Order to create biological weapons. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and he said there were fleets of alien ships stored at Los Alamos, um, human-alien hybrid uh, cloning, um, and yeah, all kinds of weird and wonderful stuff um, going on down there. Um, I remember hearing about a secret underground base. I think it was in Antarctica. It might have been in the Arctic, but I think yes, it was Antarctica. Yes. It, was, it was built by the Nazis, apparently. And it went 20 miles underground, allegedly, anyway. Yes, this is um, Base 211. Right. Uh-huh. Um, which, apparently, because... There, now, there was a documented Nazi expedition. and We're getting on to sort of like Indiana Jones territory, yeah. really, but, mm-hmm. but there was an expedition in 1938 um, to Queen Maudland region of Antarctica. Now, the story goes that they, they mapped the area, uh, but where it kind of departs from kind of recorded history 
as they decided to discover a vast network of underground caves that extended 20 to 30 miles underground. Mm. Um, so they called it Base 211. Right. And what happened then was um, there was a very esoteric group called the Tula Society. Okay. Which is a documented thing and kind of the you know, the rise of the Nazis, it was like an, an occult group. So apparently they took things over and started creating this huge kind of underground base. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, um over the years as the war went on, allegedly U boats went down and they kind of created all this, you know, big massive base and started doing experiments, you know, like the the the, the, the Waffe is the yeah. kind of the wonder uh-huh. weapons. Um and then the story goes that Hitler actually escaped the bunker mm. at the end of the war. And escaped to the base. Now there's there's two kind of stories of Hitler's escape. There's the one that was popularized in the book called Grey Wolf, um, and it's something you maybe might have heard of where he escaped to Argentina on a train, a special train yeah. that went to a certain ranch. Yeah, there's a ranch that has a train station. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the story was that Eva Braun got a bit passed off of like living in the Pampas, living in you know the arse end of nowhere, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, so she left Hitler and he ended up marrying a logo woman All right. and died mm-hmm. in the 1960s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of less crazy version. The more crazy version is he lived out, he's still alive, yeah. mm-hmm. in Antarctica with the aliens that the Nazis actually discovered under the Arctic ice. He had a good old innings. Yeah. What age was, was Hitler at the end of the war? Well, he was mid-50s, wasn't he? Yeah. So, so he would be like the must oldest... Must be alien technology that's keeping him alive. He would though. be the oldest man... Unless they cloned him, maybe that's another yeah, possibility. Yeah. Uh, the most kind of far out version of that story is is that the aliens teamed up with the Nazis and they went to the star system of Aldebaran, right, uh-huh. and their little spacecraft, okay, and kind of did their thing out in space. And the, what we see as UFOs is actually like the Nazis. Yeah, uh-huh. coming back to kind of annoy us, basically. Coming back, yeah, because uh-huh. yeah. that maybe do that, wouldn't yeah. They? yeah, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's all about wacky, yeah. um, but yes. Um, now there's a guy um, I've come across called Richard D. Hall on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, and he's very good. He's he's done a few investigations into, uh, and also a guy called Miles Johnston, he is actually from Lurgan. In Northern Ireland, right, okay. and he had a, a website called the, the Bases Project, yeah, and that's that's kind of how he started out, kind of investigating bases in the UK. So he's kind of into this big thing. Um, now there's a guy called Alan Turnbull that was interviewed by Richard D. Hall, and he has a website called www.secretbases.co.uk, yeah, um, and he's appeared on Sky Channel 200 and Edge Media TV. Now, his thing is actually quite interesting because he doesn't, he's not about aliens and about all the wacky stuff. Uh-huh. His thing is, now if you look at his website, you might kind of be a bit confused because it's, it's not like a kind of like Wikipedia kind of version of sacred bases. It's actually like tools for you to research. Yeah. Kind of how to like investigate sacred bases. And it's like, it's, 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 it's all kinds of things. It's like all the Cold War installations that they put in like London the, the underground yeah. and stuff like mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. you know like Royal Observer Corps so it's it's not about the aliens and about spits and that Nazis and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff it's more down the earth kind of actual it's almost more like um, Subterranea but Britannica yeah uh-huh. if you ever come across that website Subterranea Britannica which is today of all kinds of underground stuff mm-hmm. including military stuff and it, it would go into things like you know Cold War bunkers and all the stuff that the, the Germans built on, on the Channel Islands during World War Two, so it's more kind of like 
actual history, you know. Yeah. Um, now the other claim is um, the the dark side moon base. Um, now there is a, a community of people that believe that various factions have built moon bases. Right. You know, on the other side, the dark side of the moon. Yeah. yeah. Now, sometimes, depending on the stories, it's the Nazis or, or aliens or Martians or a big one now is the idea of the sacred space program. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which would be like elements kind of within the you know, the American military industrial complex have gone had like what they call black bud- budgets. Right. Uh-huh. And sort of amassed all this money and, and sacred and kind of created various installations just haven't told people about it hmm. so it's a bit more like you know if you remember that film Moonraker you know the, the James Bond film similar kind of idea yeah. to that you know it's getting a bit all in part rich but fascinating you know that these these bunkers can be so deep if, yes if yeah that's real if that's true well, well bunkers can, I mean there is there's like Cheyenne Mountain Complex mm-hmm. which is I think is the where the Americans have their main kind of base if there's a nuclear war and it is about like a mile underground because it's built into like a big right uh-huh. a big mountain and that is like a real thing yeah so i mean yeah i mean and then if you like the channel tunnel and stuff like that i mean the technology is there to kind of go pretty deep underground yeah but i suppose the whole thing is how would you hide it because the bigger something is the more difficult it's going to be to hide yes because uh-huh. it's physically going to be bigger there'll be more people involved who then have to stay quiet i mean it's one thing to like build a little tiny bunker somewhere uh-huh. be easy enough to do yeah but if you're building like vast underground bases it's obviously gonna it's gonna come out in the wash you um, know? so that's the, i suppose that's the thing you know on the same topic one thing that's come out this week it was in the, it was in the the media there um cnn reported uh, on the 21st of august it's this uh secret submarine base uh in the south china sea uh it's on the hanan island um and and you can see it on google google images if you if you look up um i don't think we can reproduce the pictures but if you you look up google images you see the submarine they reckon there, there's space for for 20 of these mm. submarines uh but in the minimum china only maybe has um three or three to five uh, nuclear powered submarines but the, the, the capacity is growing <coughs> and the, they reckon there's this huge base under this island and, and caves under oh, this yeah. island where they can they can mess about with their subs uh, so yeah very uh, very interesting to uh, to investigate that and have a look at that see what's going on yeah secret bases yeah yeah secret bases I think secret. we need a secret base for this program to be honest mm. uh, one yeah. thing we talked about in, on a previous podcast um the Woolwich Tunnel oh, yes, thing, you yeah, know, yeah. You, you talked about that and, and the portals of London and everything like that. I was listening to an interesting um, podcast recently, No Such Thing as a Fish. Uh, it's the guys behind QI, uh, an episode that Sandy Toxvig was on uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, or maybe, maybe it was just last week, actually, No Such Thing as a Cardigan for Ginger Rogers, the <laughs> the, uh, the podcast episode was called. But um, they, they talked in depth about all the rivers that are under uh, under London oh. and where they terminate and how a lot of the tube stations, um, like Fleet Street, is the Fleet River and you, there there's there's tunnels in in the London Underground with with rivers actually running through them and running running through, and uh, and giant big metallic tunnels running through the uh, the the platforms of oh, the underground so yeah quite a lot of uh, and, and there's places you can you can go on different embankments on mm. the Thames where you can actually see where these kind of tunnels that are, are, are rivers that are now 
culverted underground uh, are, are um, come into the Thames and stuff. So it's a good good thing to check out. Uh, no such thing as a fish if you like your weird stuff. That's a, that's a good one to look up. Because I was listening to it and I was thinking, oh, that's something we could cover. And then they went into it in so much detail. I thought, well, they've done it now. Uh, so if we if we did this, it would just look like plagiarism. But uh, yeah, an interesting one to check out. The Rivers of London. I think it was a book, wasn't it? By I can't remember who it was now, but Rivers of London was a some sort of weird fiction. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely. I think going forward, I think it's something that I'd like to kind of maybe cover in greater detail in the uh, the podcast. Northern Ireland. Do yeah. we do we have much in the way? Because we don't even seem to have many. Bunkers, because you get these stories in the Belfast Telegraph, for example, and they'll be talking about, oh, the Cold War bunker in Ballymena. And mm. it turns out it's not actually a bunker. It's just like a wee kind of reinforced concrete building. You know, it's not like a, a big kind of what you can imagine there's been a big underground bunker. Well, that thing there is what you're yeah, talking about. It's there, not really, um, it's not really as, as exciting. I believe it had its own... Uh, TV studio and everything oh, like that. Right, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a huge complex, actually. That, oh, that, right. that underground bunker and quite quite a there's the uh, BBC radio studio inside a space for a lot of people to live. You know, some of it's above ground, but but there is perhaps stuff underground as well. Uh, yeah, that's the that's down in Balmain. That bunker was for sale. I don't know if anybody ever bought it. It would be great if it had been bought and turned into something uh, that people could go and walk around, have a look around, rather than just maybe being. Uh, being bulldozed and, and turned into an industrial estate. It is part of an industrial estate down there in Balamina. I think it's like Woodside's industrial estate or something. It's not really a sacred base as such, but one thing that I came across... Have you ever heard of a, the, the Seed Vault in Spitsbergen? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. yes. Where it's supposed to be like... There's like examples of seeds from like all the planet, you know, the stuff in the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there's ever some sort of cataclysm... You can just you know dip into the side bot and kind of start all the farming again. Yeah, that's quite an interesting one. You kind of think, is there any point to it? Because if there's that much of a cataclysm, are we even going to be here? But I suppose it's well, I suppose it's comforting. The thing is, to think it's there. We won't be here. Yeah, uh-huh. but they might be. Oh yes. Uh-huh. So if, if they, because it's not it's not we that is. Mm-hmm. Like you and me, like I mean, like I couldn't just rock up the side buttons and bang on the door and say like. Did a bit of gardening, yeah. going around us some seeds mm-hmm. that they're going to tell me to jog on. They're going to set the dogs on me. Yeah, uh-huh. you know it's obviously for you know if something did happen, maybe intentionally the event, the, the event, mm-hmm. and if if they wanted to kind of just re- reset, reboot everything, then they'd have all their wee seeds ready to yeah. rumble, you know, ready to go. Uh-huh. Maybe they could plant them on Mars, like that film, The the Martian. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, anyway, uh, this has been fun. We'll be back uh, very soon with a few snippets uh, of things I've found in the news that I think are rather weird. So the pandemic has caused a lot of stress, hasn't it? A lot of people are getting stressed. There's a lot of mental health issues coming out of it. Huh? Well, some people might say it's a rapidly evolving situation. Mm-hmm. Others have compared it to the sort of Damocles. It's hard for people to relax during it all. Uh, some people. I don't know. Especially people like like going out and stuff. Well, a, a group of Japanese out-of-work actors, and there's a lot of uh, Japanese out-of-work actors, as there are of, from every nation. I wouldn't want to be a twirly at the moment. A what? A twirly. What's that? You know, you do a twirl. A theatrical person, oh, you know, right, somebody okay. who, who a lobby, 
a lot treads the boards. Yes, I mm-hmm. love it. Yes, I twirl it. A lot, a lot of the uh, these actor uh, out of work actors have come up with a solution to help melt away those stresses and worries. Basically, for a few yen, they'll put you in a transparent coffin for 15 minutes while actors masquerading as the undead dance around and poke you with fake hands or squirt water at you. In what way would that be relaxing? I don't know. Uh, It's the brainchild of Kenta Awana. He's uh, from a production company called Kowagarasetai. Hope I said that right. Uh, They're also known as the Scare Squad. Uh, he said, the pandemic is stressful. We hope people can get a bit of relief by having a good scream. So it's a bit like that Icelandic thing where people scream and it goes out on the speakers. So where do you do this? Is it, do you go to a place, like a studio? Yeah. You get in a coffin? I don't know if it's a studio. I think it's like, I don't know. A warehouse? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And there's these people like made up with you know eyes falling out and stuff, uh-huh. blood in their faces pretend to be zombies and they come up and scare you a little I've got to give that one of us a bit of a scare uh, you ever seen those escape rooms it's a bit like a escape yes, room but on a more yes. kind of extreme level they've actually come back now um, obviously they're having to do their you know you can only do it if you're in your bubble and yeah. all those cobblers and you know, but some of the things like quite interesting you know, I've always been really interested in going but any time and like I I I wouldn't say I suffer from claustrophobia. I wouldn't yeah. like to be locked in somewhere, but it doesn't have a... It's not a problem for me because I imagine there is a way to get out if, if that happens. Well, but I, what, what did sort of put me off is, uh, bizarrely enough, I listened to a comedy show on Radio 4 mm-hmm. and in one of the episodes, the characters go to a panic room. Right, yeah. Um, and the person <laughs> that's kind of managing the panic room has a heart attack in the oh, eyes yeah. and they're, they're stuck <laughs> in the room so then they have to kind of figure their way out and I suddenly thought well, f- what if that happens yeah <laughs> you know what I mean true yeah but I think there's I think there's one in Belfast yeah I, th- I think there's several there, there, there's one up the road alright and then there's what, one here up here yeah. up here uh-huh. yeah and then there's one oh yeah um, I know where that would be there's one down by the KFC bizarrely oh. enough in Shaftesbury Square right and it's kind of weird because you get all these kind of youths going in for their fried chicken and chips and then you get punters sort of in and out of the, the yeah. panic room as well it's a bit, bit weird uh, this is a bit of a personal question but what's the most you'd spend on a shape it depends what I'm doing with the shape well you know if you were wanting to braid from it if it was a ram and you were wanting to oh, right, braid in from a, it in a, in a farming capacity I have no idea a pedigree texel ram lamb has sold for an eye-watering £367,500. See, I don't know how much shape costs, so I've no, I, you know, I've no benchmark. I would say that's a lot. That's yeah. at an auction in Lanark, uh, Scotland. This week. The bidding started at ten grand, but it went £367,000. The ram was bought by a consortium of buyers, one of whom, Jeff Aitken, from Proctor's Farm, said that the sheep... Uh, who's called Double Diamond was a special animal. He said he knew he, uh, I knew he was going to be a lot of money, but I wasn't expecting him to make that much. Double Diamond will begin his exciting career of traveling around farms, meeting lots of lady shape. Lovely. There you are. And have you heard of the South Atlantic anomaly? No, I haven't actually. Planet Earth has uh, lost almost 10% of its magnetic strength over the last two centuries and now a large localised region stretching between South America and Africa has given scientists cause for concern. The magnetic field is essential to life on the planet 
and weakness will cause dangerous solar radiation to penetrate closer to the Earth's surface. Geophysicists Terry Sabaka and Weijia uh, Kuyang um, from NASA are using the European Space Agency's swarm satellites to investigate what has been called the South Atlantic Anomaly. And it's believed it's caused uh, by uh, processes inside the planet where molten rich uh, where, where molten metal rich in iron churns 180 miles uh, or sorry, sorry 1800 miles below the surface the anomaly has implications for the Inter international space station where although the astronauts are well protected sensitive instruments on board are impacted as the station passes the area scientists speculate that the weakness of the field could indicate that the north and south poles are about to flip this is something that has uh, that's happened many times throughout the planet's history uh, and takes a couple of centuries to happen uh, and it usually occurs every uh, 250,000 years or so. So apparently we're overdue this this thing happening where suddenly the the mag magnetic pole is the South Pole rather than the North Pole. And it's just, what would that flip. actually mean? Would, that, would you notice, Steve Anger, would it cause issues? Or? It doesn't seem to have caused issues throughout history. But then but we've never been so electronic. It's, yeah, it's all the technological before. stuff. So yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. There you go. Thanks very much for listening. We'll have another podcast out uh, hopefully again next week. Remember, we've got a load of ones up there if you do want to search and subscribe for Weirdly Enough on your favourite uh, podcast directory. We've got one uh, about John Teeter there last week. Mystery Airships, the Woolwich Tunnel Anomaly, Mandela Effect, Loftus Hall, which is a haunted house down in Ireland. Time Slips, Men in Black, The Hum Micronations, Hollow Earth. All those podcasts are up now and available for you to download free from your favorite podcast directory or over YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to Weirdly Enough. Remember to subscribe to get the latest edition as soon as it drops. And don't forget to leave a review. Email us about anything we've discussed or with your own weird tale at podcast at weirdlyenough.com.